So if you have not noticed, you've seen the word, uh, but this conference was based off of Proverbs 28.1. The righteous are as bold as lions. And Proverbs 28.1, it actually goes on to say a little bit more that the wicked flee when no one is even pursuing them. And I just want to declare over you ladies that the wicked are running all the time. They run from everything, but you are not wicked and you do not run from what you were called to. You do not run from what God has brought you to. Because you are the uncompromisingly righteous. You are as bold as a lion whether you feel it or not. You are righteous. You are as bold as a lion. Romans 5.1 says, Therefore, since we have been made righteous through his faithfulness, we have peace with God through our Lord Jesus Christ. And as, as I was praying over this conference, like weeks upon weeks and, and notes upon notes, um, I know that often we don't feel bold. And I want to encourage you. I love that they even made the joke that this just proves that we need men. I am not one. I'm all for empowering all, both men and women. God has a place for every one of us. But I am here specifically to encourage you as daughters of God. And I believe that we will not enjoy God's fullness without his boldness. And this is only through him, only through him that we can live this life, that we can be the wives, the mothers, the women of God, and whatever your occupation is, we can do these things through his power. But I want to talk to you a little bit about lions for a moment. I want to talk to you a little bit. Before I do, I'm going to pray. God, we thank you for who you are. God, we thank you, Lord, that we are the righteous and we are as bold as lions because of you. And I pray today as I speak that you will speak through me, that you, Holy Spirit, will reveal yourself, that you, Holy Spirit, will open ears and eyes and hearts to receive what you have for each of your daughters. You know what they need. This is your conference. This is your daughters. And I thank you, Lord, that you will have your way in this place. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Well, lions, they've always been considered a symbol of power, bravery, courage, strength, fearlessness, and ferocity. I was actually, I've actually been doing um, reading on them. I watched some documentaries, and my husband so kindly obliged me and sat and watched them with me even. But I, something that I found interesting was specifically even about the lioness. Because some things that a lioness does, she rises to gather strength. She rises to greet and groom others. She rises to hunt. She rises alongside other lionesses. Come on, somebody, that's what you're doing today. You're rising along other lionesses. She rises to move the young to safety. She rises to confront enemies that threaten the pride. And she rises to walk with her king. And I pray that that's what we do. That maybe however you came in here, whatever space you were in, that you say, I'm walking out of here with my king. And I'm going to do what he's called me to do. I'm going to say what he's called me to say. And I'm going to do it with boldness. Today I want to read to you from Ezekiel 37. Ezekiel 37, 1 through 14. The hand of the Lord was upon me, and he brought me out in the spirit of the Lord and set me down in the midst of the valley, and it was full of bones. He caused me to pass round about among them, and behold, there were many human bones in the open valley or plain, and behold, they were very dry. 
And he said to me, Son of man, can these bones live? And I answered, O Lord God, you know. I found it interesting in that verse because in other words, I have a mess. (laughs) Can these bones, can something happen? I don't know about you, but maybe you've been in a place where you say, I I just got dry bones. Like, this is a hot mess. I've, I've said that sometimes at home. This is a hot mess. First day of school this year in homeschooling. And I was like, He's like, it, my husband, he's so great. He's such an encourager. Um, and sometimes when he encourages, I, I don't just say thank you when I need to. But he literally said, he said, it's going to be such a great day. And I was like, that's easy for you to say you're leaving. Like, <laughs> I got to handle this, you know, the I don't want to start, you know, whatever. He's like, I hated school and I went to school. Like, you know, anyways, he's so great. But I, I should have just said thank you, not told him it was easy for him to say, but Anyways, it's real life. Just uh, sometimes you just feel like you're, it's, a, it's a mess, right? It's dry bones. But then he said, again, he said to me, prophesy to these bones and say to them, oh, you dry bones, hear the word of the Lord. He told them to prophesy. He told them to say, to speak. Thus says the Lord God to these bones, behold, I will cause breath and spirit to enter you and you shall live. And I will lay some news upon you and bring up flesh upon you and cover you with skin. And I will put breath and spirit in you. And you, dry bones, shall live. And you shall know, understand, and realize that I am the Lord, the sovereign ruler who calls forth loyalty and obedient service. So I prophesied as I was commanded, and as I prophesied, there was a thundering noise, and behold, a shaking and trembling and a rattling, and the bones came together bone to its bone. And I looked, and behold, there were sinews upon the bones, and flesh came upon them, and skin covered them over, but there was no breath or spirit in them. How many of you have began to see in your life where you're like, God, I see that you're working, but this is still not happening, right? And they looked at these bones that had come together, and yet still they're seeing there's no breath in them. There's no spirit in them. In verse 9, then he said, then said he to me, prophesy to the breath and spirit, son of man, and say to the breath and spirit, thus says the Lord God, come from the four winds, O breath and spirit, and breathe upon these slain that they may live. So I prophesied as he commanded me. And the breath and spirit came into the bones. And they lived and stood up upon their feet, an exceedingly great host. Then he said to me, Son of man, these bones are the whole house of Israel. Behold, they say, our bones are dried up and our hope is lost. Some of you feel like you've lost your hope. And then it says we are completely cut off. I want to encourage you, maybe you feel that way. Your hope is lost and you feel like, almost like, Lord, where are your, I mean, are your eyes on me? Are you with me? But I want to encourage you, wait, there's more. Therefore prophesy and say to them, thus says the Lord God, behold, I will open your graves and cause you to come up out of your graves. Oh, my people, and I will bring you back home to the land of Israel, and you shall know that I am the Lord, your sovereign ruler, when I have opened your graves and caused you to come up out of your graves, O my people. And I shall put my spirit in you, and you shall live, and I shall place you in your own land. Then you shall, here we are again, know 
understand and realize that I, the Lord, have spoken it and performed it, says the Lord. One thing as I was reading this and I was studying this, um, I think one of the challenging parts is that we can't know, understand, and realize, even begin to know, understand, and realize our God. It's often the hard that helps us know, understand, and realize our God all the more. And, and I know that we have found ourselves in places um, with our family and personally, um, but I can say as I, I even, I sat in an appointment yesterday and, and honestly I came, I came to get adjusted, I came to feel better in my body um, at the chiropractor and I got to have just a Jesus encounter. And because of the hard and the grief that I've encountered, I was, in, I was able to meet that woman in a sweet way because of the grief she has encountered. And I'm so excited. I came home. I was telling my husband last night. He said, you were so funny. He said, when I'm going to get that stuff done, I'm like, I don't, Jesus, I mean, he's a great, great guy, so please don't misunderstand. He's like, I'm not looking, I'm not looking for an encounter. I just want to feel better physically, you know. <laughs> I was so excited because I'm like, Gabriel, <laughs> I, she never smiles. I don't understand what's wrong. And then I found out what was wrong. <laughs> and I said, I came home and I was telling him about it. And I said, I'm so excited to watch how God's going to meet her and show her that in the midst of losing her son, I'm believing she's going to come running back to him. And she's even currently walking through some hard, but... Man, as I've cried out to God in this last year and said, can it please just stop? Can you please just stop? Can cancer quit being the diagnosis? Can hospitals quit being where we reside? All these things, I found myself sitting with her and saying, I get it. And I'm sorry. And as much as I hate, and I, I hate the ones that I love that are walking through it, I hate being the one and seeing the specialist and having to walk through things, I was able to meet her in a way because of my heart. And so I just want to encourage you that even in this verse, that maybe you underline those, I'm going to know, understand, and realize, my God, all the more, even when I walk through hard, when I walk through good, I'm going to know, understand, and realize him all the more. But I'm going to get on to my points. That was just an extra, not in my notes, because y'all know I've always got that extra. I'm <laughs> But point number one, if you have something to take notes, I encourage you. Oh, see, my mom, look at that. Amazing, amazing. She's been such a great example, even through all the hard that we've walked through. She just had to be with my grandma. Um, this last week for PET scans. And you know, this is what I love about our God. It stinks. Nobody wants to be in that place, right? Someone's, uh, you get told a mass is growing and, and all these things. So my mom lets us know this is what's happening. But this is how cool our God is. In the midst of where none of us want to be, a couple of years ago, my grandma's husband passed away, my grandpa, he passed away from cancer. And so my grandma's here again, but for different reasons for herself. <laughs> And she went in for a PET scan, and John McLaughlin's going to be the one that comes and does my grandma's cat scan, uh, PET scan. And I was like, how sweet are you, God? 
that you would make sure that this man was here that brought my mama peace and all of us as she quickly texted us and said it was John that took her back if you don't know John's a man in our church sweet man um but I'm so thankful for people, even those of you in this room that choose to have other jobs because you are the hands and feet of Jesus. And John was the hands and feet of Jesus that day to my mom, to my grandma, even to us as we weren't present. So neat. In the midst of our heart, how God meets us. But number one, let's go. We're going to rise. We're going to rise. First Timothy 6.12. Fight the good fight of the faith. In the conflict with evil, take hold of the eternal life to which you were called and for which you made the good confession of faith in the presence of many witnesses. And I immediately thought when I read this, it only seemed suiting, right, for the first point of rise because I immediately went back to Ezekiel 37 and how he consistently said prophesy. And some of you may go, I'm not a prophet. I don't, that's not what this is talking about. Be the, I mean, Ezekiel is a prophet, but that's not what we're talking about here. I believe he's in, this is our example because you have the power to speak. You have the power to speak over your children, speak life. You have the power in your workplace to speak life. And we were commanded, you know, this right here is commanding them to prophesy, to prophesy. And then in First Timothy, he's telling us to fight the good fight of faith. We get to choose to fight. We get to choose to speak life and speak God's word even in the midst of our heart. Philippians 1.20 said this, in keeping with my own eager desire. Come on, some of you have desires and hopes in your heart. And God sees that. And it's not over until he says it's over. But this, in keeping with my own eager desire and persistent expectation and hope that I shall not disgrace myself nor be put to shame in anything. I want to share this real quick. Um, my mom came to me, um, it's been a, a few weeks ago, and she encouraged me. She was like, or she was just sharing with me something the Lord was just showing her that um, she was like, you know, I think we're often, we hope for something, but we really don't expect it to happen. You know, like you hope for the, the hard stuff to stop, or you hope for that loved one to get better, or goodness, when she said it, I was like, you know, honestly, I realized that I had, I had been hoping in this last year of seeing specialists and all the things, I had been hoping to feel better, but not really expecting it anymore. I had just about, you know, it was like, it's, I guess pain is just going to be part of my story, and, and that's fine. I'm not going to stop. But then I felt from her words that she shared that the Lord was like, it's time to start expecting it again. You expect it. Expect me to move. And not in a certain way or in a certain thing, but expect it. Expect it. That's why it's so important that we are in, in, a, in, a, in a body of believers. Even if you don't belong here, I, I belong here. Even if you don't come to impact, I pray that you have a body of believers that you're part of consistently. And if you're not, if you don't, I encourage you to find one, to get in one. Because we need others around us. I came in on Sunday and someone was sharing with, sharing with me. It was, actually, it was actually Scott. And I was asking him about something in his own life. And he just came and said, nope, I'm, I'm waiting. I'm letting the Lord handle that. And by him just saying that, I was reminded, let the Lord handle that. We need to be around other believers that can encourage us for right. But I don't want to get, I don't want to get ahead of myself, but... We need to be around other believers, so get in a church body if you're not part of one. 
you're welcome here, but find you one, find you somewhere. But we're going to get back to Philippians 1.20. But with that, with the utmost freedom of speech and unfailing courage, come on, some of you need to grab a hold of unfailing courage today. Now, as always, heretofore, Christ the Messiah will be magnified and get glory and praise in this body of mine and be boldly exalted in my person, whether through by, by life or through death. He will be exalted and glorified. Lisa Bevere, she said it this way, that there's a lioness within every one of God's daughters, and it's time that she awakens. Some of you need to do just like that song we were singing. Wake up. Wake up. I needed to do that. Wake up. Get up. Stop taking the punches. Come on. Y'all heard me on Sunday. I was sharing, um, if you were here at church on Sunday... I asked them not to bring them out here because I didn't want it to be a distraction for the wrong reason. But um, we have these boxing gloves. <laughs> I was so excited. I got a text during service after I mentioned this. And I was, I was actually sharing with, a, sharing with someone. They were texting me asking for prayer for their mom. She had gotten a diagnosis of, of melanoma and they didn't think it was that bad. And then she got called back again and said, no, you got to get in now. And as I was praying for her, I got this visual and I sent it. But then I was like, I just felt like the Lord said, share it again. And then again, I felt, I'm just share it again. That I, I saw this woman, and I don't even know her that well, the, the mother. Uh, I saw this woman, and I watched her. It was like I could visualize her putting on her boxing gloves. But then when I watched her put on her boxing gloves, she got this grin. And... <laughs> And as that, the Lord showed me that, and I sent that to, to this person, then I felt like the Lord said it was time for me to put my boxing gloves back on. And it was time for me to get that grin. That almost, it's like, and I, I'm, I'm going to encourage you ladies, that th these are so large. Look at this, guys. <laughs> so great. I'm pro I think I'm putting them on wrong. Maybe, I don't know, whatever. That literally, it's like... Come on. Oh, okay, seriously. The best thing is when I've tried to swing punches in the past when we were younger, my siblings all end up laughing at me. Like, I've got no coordination when it comes to this kind of stuff, like really boxing, all that. I've got like, my arms are flimsy. I was telling someone last night, I was like, the only time I've really had good muscle in my arms was when I was carrying babies, like, you know, for years because the carriers, come on, y'all know what I'm talking about, those carriers. You like build up some good muscle strength in that arm you carry with. But it's time to put our boxing gloves back on. And I'm not talking about like, oh, I can do this on my own because I'm, I'm, I'm bad about that. I got this. Fine. You're not going to answer my prayers? I'm just being honest. I'm being real. You're not going to answer my prayers? Fine. I'll just figure it out. I'll do it. That's not what I'm talking about. I'm talking about you can't manufacture this. I'm talking about the God power that helps you fight. The, I'm not laying down and taking punches. Sure, you can diagnose cancer over my family, but you will not stop us. Sure, you can try to create pain. And I, I mean, it literally, uh, it, some of you, I'm not even going to get into it. All the things in my body, and I'm like, I feel like I'm making up stuff, but I sit with specialists and they're like, I don't know. We've ran all the tests and, and we're doing, and, and they think that they're finally finding answers, but it's still i got to put my boxing gloves back on. I'm not laying down. Throw your punches at me. Throw some diagnosis. Go for it. But I will ever 
praise him. You're not going to stop me. And why would we think anything less that things won't come our way when the enemy sees what you're doing when you go to your workplace and you're an influence for Jesus? When he sees that you're raising warriors for God, when he sees what you're doing, he's scared. So he's got nothing and he's throwing his punches. But good news, ladies, you got bigger gloves than he does because you got holy you got Holy Spirit up inside you. <laughs> and greater is he that's in you than anything or anyone in this world. It's time to rise. There's this place, it's called Death Valley. And up until 2004, literally the recorded to be the hottest place, like hottest ground. There's like multiple things to it. I don't want to, some of you may go, oh, I know about this place, like, or I encourage you to go look it up. It's really cool. Look at the pictures. But in 2004, after this, you looked at the pictures of this land, Death Valley, just cracks, ground, just gross, honestly. Nothing lived here. I mean, there was a time way back when that people tried to go live and reside there, and they uh, it supposedly, like it's known, that they actually died there. But in 2004, rain came. And they quickly found out because in 2005, spring came around, flowers began to sprout. And what they thought was Death Valley was simply dormant. And some of you just are dormant up in here. Some of you are dormant because you've chosen to be dormant. You've chosen not to be in the Word of God. You've chosen not to surround yourself in moments like these. You've chosen it, and you're dormant. And don't get me wrong, I, I'm not throwing stones because I've had my seasons of where I'm dormant because I made my own choices to isolate and be dormant. But you're not dead. You're dormant. Some of you, just by your age, you've decided, okay, well, it's time for others. Wrong. Until breath leads your lungs, God's not finished with you, and there's a place for you. There's a purpose for you. Don't allow the things of life to convince you that you're dead. Where you might just be dormant. Some of you in here, you have gifts that you once used that you forgot about. Or maybe you haven't forgotten about them. You just thought, I don't, I don't even know how that works now. But God wants to stir that up again and remind you today, those are dormant. They're not dead. And time's not done. You still can choose today to go use that gift, to go apply that in your life. Ladies, it's time we stop letting the enemy just beat us down, convince us that we're dead. And we rise. I was watching this movie with our kids, and I actually looked it up. And I love, I love watching movies on, based on a true story, but it's actually, they were called, they were known as the Match Girls in 1888. And it was a, a series of, they, they worked in this factory, and, and women upon women began to get sick and die. And then one day, one woman stood up and said, enough is enough. We're not going to sit and die. We're going to change something. I want to encourage you. Maybe you feel like you're dying on the inside, and you're like, eventually this will change. You need to grab somebody that can remind you that you're not dead, that you're not going to lose everything, that you're, I'm, you know, you may feel like you're drowning, but you're not going to go under. I, it, it, it reminds me of a t uh, when we went to Crystal Beach this year for the first time, and 
there, I tried to stay close to our five-year-old. She, she's quite the adventurous one and thinks that she's capable of so much, which I love. I pray she always keeps that spirit even as she grows older. Um, but Lord help me because I'm going to need the prayers for that too. But, you know, but at one point, waves started to kick up a lot, and she was literally, I mean, like, I'm talking that podium, and I'm right here, and she's got her floaty and everything on. And, um, and then a wave kicked up, and I watched her, the wave go right over her head. And I reached over, and I snatched her. And she came up, and she was like, you know, trying to grab her breath. And I was like, you're okay. You're okay. Some of you need someone to remind you, you're going to be okay. That wave just covered you. That diagnosis feels like it's going to do you in. That, that marriage that's still struggling. Those siblings that are astray. That hard that you're walking through. Whatever it may be. The wave may have covered you. But you're not going under. Because God's way better than even I was at reaching out for my girl. Because you know I'm not letting her be taken. I mean, she may have went under for a second, but it's not going to last long. You may feel, I'm reminded of the scripture, weeping may endure for the night. Joy comes in the morning. And you may not feel joy right now, but joy is coming. Joy is coming. Proverbs 30, 30 says, Lions do not give or turn their back. They conquer. You have Holy Spirit with inside of you. It's time to quit turning your back on the things that you know God's called you to do because you say, I don't have the strength to do it. And you rise and say, I'm going to do it in the strength that I have, just like David did, just like Gideon did. I'm going in the strength that I have. I had a lady, she tagged me in it. She just knew the word, you know, that we were going on this, that was the, uh, conference was about and she tagged me in this little video of Priscilla Shire I love me some Priscilla Shire she knows it we actually led a girl group here at one time um, over the armor of God and Priscilla Shire but this video and she actually spoke on this and I was like how perfect this goes right along with my notes about the Lion King how many of you seen the Lion King yes you've seen the Lion King it's so great but the moment when Simba is in that the hyenas come and they surround him and he's like trying to roar. He's got this like little pesky baby roar, you know. And then all of a sudden, he goes to roar that last time, and he didn't even know it, but his dad was right there behind him. You need to stop and see that your father God is right there beside you. And you may feel like Simba right now. I'm trying to roar. I'm trying to roar. But your Father God is right there beside you, behind you, and he will roar with you. I've had people surround us this last year, surround our family, and remind us, fight with us to encourage us that our Father God is right there with us, and he's roaring. Come on, I'm, I'm speaking to myself once again, no stones, because I'm going to be honest, like in the heart, I've, I've just... I've done this, but we need to quit being victims of our own lives because we're living out the choices we make, and I can always make a change. And I know some of you, I'm talking about just regular habits and things like that, that we can change. You know, we can change that we're spending time in the Word, throw the excuses aside. We can change, and we can choose to get in community 
and put those excuses aside, we get to choose those things. And I know some of those things, y'all know, many of you know, this last year, we did not choose those things, right? They, they were just happening to our family, and it just was hard. But at the same time, we get to choose to rise. We get to choose to show up and say, I'm here anyways, and the enemy, you are going to regret messing with my family. You are going to regret trying to throw pain and sickness and chronic migraines and pockets of fluid and all the things on me. You're going to regret it. And you can say that today. You're going to regret it. You may have stolen that. You may have tried to kill that, but you're not stealing and killing and, and destroying what the Lord God has called me to do, what he's put on the inside of me to do. So number one, we're going to rise. Number two, we're going to obey. James 1, through 25 says, But be doers of the word, obey the message, and not merely listeners to it, betraying yourselves into the deception by reasoning contrary to the truth. For if anyone only listens to the word without obeying it and being a doer of it, he is like a man who looks carefully at his own natural face in a mirror, for he thoughtfully observes himself and then goes off promptly and forgets what he was like. Some of you have just gone off and forgotten what the Lord told you to do. Or you've just said, I'll do it later. But he's, I really believe, like, he's saying the time is now. But he looks carefully into the faultless law, the law of liberty, and is faithful to it. And perseveres in looking into it, being not a heedless listener who forgets, but an active doer who obeys. He shall be blessed in his doing, his life of obedience come on we're called to obey we're called to obey not tell God all the reasons why we can't obey or because I've been there telling him all the reasons why I can't obey um, and all the things yet we're just called to obey Noah I'm sure he could have told God all the reasons why he shouldn't have obeyed yet he obeyed and I was actually just telling some kids this last week I actually used Noah as an example and um, and just reminding them, like, who looked a fool at the end? It was the people that made fun of him. And some of you, you've been made fun of. You've been mocked for your audacious obedience. And I want to encourage you. It's not like you get up, you're going to look like the fool in the end anyways. No, it's I'm going to obey anyways. You know, I'm here to glorify my God. Matthew 7, 24 through 27. So everyone who hears these words of mine, and acts upon them, obeying them, will be like a sensible, prudent, practical, wise man who built his house upon the rock. Come on, y'all know this. And the rain fell, and the floods came, and the winds blew and beat against that house. I felt beaten a lot of times in life, yet it did not fall, because it had been founded on the rock. And everyone who hears these words of mine and does not do them will be like a stupid, foolish man who built his house upon the sand. And the rain fell and the floods came and the winds blew and beat against that house and it fell and great and complete was the fall of it. Some of you may have seen it if you went into the, if you went into the men's restroom, which is temporarily the women's today, that what we nourish is what will flourish. And we do this annual Flourish Conference and I ask the Lord, like, what do you want to talk to the ladies about this year? Because... The point of the Flourish Conference is that we'll flourish in our relationship with God. We'll flourish in our friendships with one another. We will flourish. But what we nourish in obedience is what will eventually flourish in our lives. 
we get to choose to obey. And maybe some of it in here, you're like, God, I don't understand. I feel like this and where God's just saying, go back and obey what I said to do. I'm, I'm looking for the next thing. And I got some things I need to go back and obey what he said to do. And quit looking for the next thing and just obey. Just obey. I mentioned it earlier. The Lord told Gideon, actually in Judges 6, 14, go in the strength you have. And what he realized was, what he didn't know was how God was going to do so much fighting for him. And his little strength he had. God did what only God could do. Following the Spirit's leading is a process that can be learned only by doing. Because we have to step out to find out. And where obedience is, there is thriving. I, I actually mentioned yesterday to a, to a dear friend of mine, I was like, I, I feel like if I do that, I'm going to be totally in them over my head. And she's like, you are. You will. You will be in over your head. But that's okay. And she was right. Like, I'm, I'm going to thrive in what God's called me to and be in over my head because if I wasn't in over my head, I wouldn't need him. And some of you in here, you're like, I don't got the skills to do that. I don't even know why he called me to this in the first place. I can't tell you how many times I've said that in the last seven years. Lord, I don't know why you chose me. I don't know why you called me to this. It's, br it's brought so many beautiful things, but I'm like, there's so many more educated, eloquent, all the things. Yet here I am just simply willing. And some of you are like just asking the Lord, I, if there's got to be someone else. Some of you have even said the names of other people and given them the idea the Lord gave you. Because you think they'd be better at it. And that's not even in my notes. I'm encouraging you. If the Lord's told you to do something, maybe stop trying to give the idea away and go do what he told you to do. Because you are way more qualified than you think because God is inside you. Some of you are in elevated, authoritative positions and you're like, I am not the person for this. I am not bold enough for this. I am not. And, and God's sitting there going, yeah, you're exactly the person for this. I need someone humble and quiet, but wise. My husband, he's really great about, a lot of times I'm like, why don't you say anything? And he'll often, he won't say anything. But it's those people in the room, come on, some of you are those people, and some of you know those people. It's like my husband in the room, then when he talks, then you're like, oh, that's good. I just talk a lot. But he chooses like super selectively, super selectively what he says. And, and maybe you're that person that you talk a lot. And that's okay too because God, God works through that. He works through me and all my talking. But where there is obedience, there is thriving. Number three, we appeal. We appeal. Appeal means it's an earnest request for aid, support. So how do we appeal? I believe we appeal through prayer and praise. We appeal through prayer and praise. We're going to rise, obey, and appeal through prayer and praise. 1 Samuel 30, verse 6, David was greatly distressed, for the men spoke of stoning him. Come on, that was terrifying. They're speaking of, of stoning him because of the, soul, the souls of them all were bitterly grieved. Some of you have been attacked by people that had their own crap going on, and it just came out at you. And I want to encourage you just to let it go. Let it go. Each man for his sons and daughters. But David encouraged and strengthened himself in the Lord his God. 
in the Lord his God. He encouraged and strengthened himself. Am I talking about your own doing? No, but I am talking about you choose your own habits. And let me tell you, I have four kids at home, and it's hard to rise before them, like beat them. I feel like every time I try to rise earlier, they just get up early. It's just like, I'm like, please. They think sometimes that I let them sleep in on the days that they sleep in because I just wanted to let them sleep. That is part of it. I, I do care about that. But then I'm like, I get more time to myself. I keep sleeping. But we, we appeal to him in prayer and pray. Some of you are like, wow, I did not know this about Amanda. Great. It is. It's true. It's me. That's all, that's all there is to it. But we can encourage and strengthen ourselves in the Lord. And I'm not talking about going out and figuring it out on your own. No, I'm talking about choosing to sit at his feet and encourage and strengthen yourself in the Lord. I'm talking about when stuff stop, starts going wrong in your week, in your day at work, or you're home with the kids, and instead of saying, of course that happened to me, guilty, I'm saying, I thank you, Lord, that this is the day you've made. I'm going to choose to rejoice. I, I literally, I was saying to someone just yesterday, she, she fell. Well, it was really my son's fault she fell. But anyway, she fell, and all she did was laugh. And I'm like, what if we learn to do that in our life? We fall, we just laugh. We just laugh and get back up because the joy of the Lord is our strength. And it's a strength in her that she chooses to laugh. She chooses to laugh even when life comes. I was telling them actually a story about my sister. And she used to live in Muskogee. And so I remember one time she FaceTimed me. And she would have them, like some bad stuff happen. And while she's FaceTiming me or on the phone, she's laughing. And I'm like, what happened? Are you okay? And she's laughing. And I'm like, what is wrong with you? I'm like, what? She's laughing. She's like, there's nothing else to do. What else am I going to do? And she was right. And how many times I've panicked and I've cried and there's nothing wrong with that. I mean, those are, those are I'm not saying there's anything wrong with that if you do that because, I mean, I do that. But I'm just saying there is a point where we just have to realize, like, getting mad about this, getting bitter about this, getting depressed about this, it's not going to help me. You know, and, and I know, please come see me. I, if you have not heard things of, of my story, I know what it's like to be staring in the face of that, of depression, of, of bitterness, of all those things because of hard that has come because here you are and you've prayed the prayers and you still feel like you're left standing here. But I want to encourage you. We get to choose to strengthen and encourage ourselves in the Lord and surround ourselves with people that can encourage us and help us, you know, that can can remind us of truth. And we choose to isolate ourselves. You know, we wonder, like, why am I still down? I would, I would ask you to ask yourself, like, do you have people in your life that you've let in to, to love you, to speak life into you? Because we get to choose that. And I think that is one of the ways that we strengthen and encourage ourselves in the Lord. Second Chronicles 20, 22, as they began to praise, you have to read this story. It's so good. But for time's sake, I couldn't go through all of it. But 22, it says, verse, I'm sorry, 2 Chronicles 20, verse 22, as they began to praise, the enemy began to fight itself. They're fighting, but as they began to just praise God, the enemy was all of a sudden like, they're just turning against itself. Some of us in here, we just need to begin to praise and watch the stuff that we've been trying, stressing ourselves out about trying to solve. Watch God solve it. Watch God fix it. Watch him do what only he can do. You pray, I pray, and want a solution. But when we pray, God sends a word often. And when we obey that word, it will produce the solution. 
And sometimes that word's just, I told you to be still, girl. Sit down. Be quiet. That's what he often has to say to me. Shh. Listen to me. Ian Bounds said it this way, prayer is not how we fight the battle, prayer is the battle. I watched this really cool video and was talking about this missionary that was on the mission field and that he was holding a revival and this man was there and he came up to him after and he said, I wanted to tell you something. He said, before tonight, he said, a few days ago, we came up and a few of us had planned to attack you. We wanted you out of here. (laughs) But he said, we saw 26 soldiers standing around you. And the missionary said, I have no idea what you're talking about. Well, he was telling this story to some people that had helped him put on the revival and some people that, you know, through communication, come to find out they had all felt led to pray that night. And once he counted it up, there were 26 people praying for him. Come on, somebody. Somebody in here needs to be reminded you got people praying for you. And if you don't know that, somebody in here can remind you of that, that they're praying for you and God is fighting for you. I read this quote this week, never limit your prayers because you think you are undeserving or sinful. You're not praying because of who you are. You're praying because of who he is. May we be daughters of God that pray bold, audacious prayers and praise our God, holding nothing back. I have prayed some prayers, and then I'm going to be honest, Said literally went to the Lord and said, I feel like a fool. I prayed. I declared that it would stop, that it would end. I prayed for the healing, and I thought you were going to answer, and now I feel like a fool. But you know what? I felt like the Lord showed me is that we that are willing to pray bold, audacious prayers and maybe look a fool at times because it doesn't turn out the way that we think or we prayed for, you will be known as women just following Jesus. And I pray even in those moments where I was so concerned, I'm like, God, did I miss you? Like, I declared this to them. I prayed this boldly. Like, what happened? He just said, no, you believed, and that's all that matters. You trusted me. Keep trusting me. He is faithful, and I'd rather look a fool for Jesus than sit shyly, timidly in the corner, afraid to say anything, he tells me. May we die being women known that speak and do what he's called us to do. We're going to miss it sometimes, and that's okay. And I want to encourage you, even if you believe for things, I don't believe it's because you miss it. It's just we're in a fallen world and just bad stuff happens. I said crap earlier, and my kids are so good about saying, I heard you say that on Sunday. We're not even supposed to say that. <laughs> one, one day I did say the word pissed, and my kids were very quick to point that out to me. <laughs> I was like, I'm sorry. Yeah, mom said it. I did. May we be bold. Yes, yes, I am. <laughs> May we be bold. Uh, may we be bold in our prayers and our praise, no matter what. Get in your living room. Come on, praise him. Get your kids. Turn on some worship music and show them what it is just to be in his presence. Because he's there in the, in the church. He's there. I told him, I actually taught in a chapel this last week, and I made the joke. I'm not even familiar with Star Wars, but what well, super familiar, but I found this quote. And what was cool about it is one of the kids at chapel was familiar with it so it really I felt like I was like oh cool so he really gets what I'm saying but there's a part where 
Yoda says to Luke, or Luke says to Yoda something. Somebody knows, you know, probably. The force is strong with this one. And I encouraged them. I was like, and I prayed over them, may you be known as people that people look, maybe you be known as kids. Like when people look at you, they say the force is strong with that one. But it's because Holy Spirit lives in them. And I pray that over us today, that as women of God, that people will look and they'll say the force is strong with that one because Holy Spirit's all over her working through her she's not afraid to pray she's not afraid to praise even when stuff's not going the way that she thinks or hopes or prayed for declared may we pray audacious prayers and praise God holding nothing back number four my final point is relationships relationships some of you are like I'm gonna slip out of this place right now because I'm out on that one relationships but ecclesiastes 4 9 through 12 says two are better than one because they have a good more satisfying reward for their labor for if they fall the one will lift him will lift up his fellow but woe to him who is alone when he falls and has not another to lift him up again if two lie down together then they have warmth but how can one be warm alone and though a man might prevail against him who is alone two will withstand him a threefold cord is not easily broken. It's not quickly broken. Come on, some of you just need to grab somebody. Some of you, you're not at your table by accident. I mean, we prayed specifically over this event that you would even sit at the right chair with the right people, have the right connections, and we've watched it happen year after year, but you need more than that. Like, this is great. This is a great start. But I pray that this not be the place where you stop, that you're like, I showed up, the end, I'm going back home, hiding. No, I'm going to show up. I'm going to be part of community. I'm going to get in relationship. I'm going to be real. Because we have had moments where we're like, why did we tell anybody that? We shouldn't have, because none of it turned out right. And now we're having to tell them a new story, because here we are again. You know, the contract fell through on the house, so here I am praying again. But I have watched, even through this happening in our own lives and, and highs and lows and honestly wishing, like, I remember when we got pregnant and, like, wishing I hadn't announced it so early because then everybody wouldn't have known. But then I watched people weep with me. I watched people come bring things to my house and just be with me. They just showed up. And some of you just need to, I mean, you did today. You showed up. But some of you just need to show up. You feel alone. But you need to show up and get in a relationship. Be in friendship. Be willing to share. This is what's going on inside of me. Nothing specific happened. I'm just struggling or something specific happening. And, and I need you to know. I need you to pray. I've had moments where I've had to say, I don't know how to be an encouragement to my husband right now. Because I feel worn out. And then had people pray over me. And I know it was just Holy Spirit inside of me that said, and they didn't even pray over me in person. This is through text where I'm like, I feel like I can't even be an encouragement to him because here we are again. Bad news again. Yet God is so faithful to meet us there in those moments. You need relationships. And I'm going to be honest. Like, I love my husband. Anyone that knows me knows, like, he is my favorite person on the planet. My kids hate when I say that, but I'm like, look, I had him before I had you. He's always going to be my favorite. He's the only reason why you're here anyways, so, because I like him so much, you're here. Good news. <laughs> but, <laughs> uh, seriously, like, he, he is my best friend. There is not anything that man does not know from my past 
from my present. Sometimes I know, I know he sometimes is on the inside going, I wish you would quit talking to, you know, because he's had a day. You know, he, he just needs a little bit quiet. We have little understandings because after almost 17 years of marriage, I know, like, give the man a space for the first couple hours in the morning. Like, why can he stay in the bathroom for so long? And my kids do not enter in there. But when I go in there for five seconds, they come in. I do not understand. We'll never understand that. But seriously, okay, so I promise I'm getting somewhere with this. He's my best friend, right? And I hope your husband's your best friend. If he's not, you really need to work on that because date him, he should be. But I believe that as wives, if we're not cultivating friendships, there's balance in all of it, don't get me wrong, but if we're not cultivating friendships, we're putting a lot of pressure on our husbands to be all the things that they were never meant to be. They can't be all the things. And my husband is my number one. And my, I mean, I, I'm going to choose him over anybody else in the world. But if I don't cultivate friendships, then my husband's trying to meet needs. Like, I don't know how to make you feel better. Well, it's not anybody's job to make me feel better. But I have found that in seasons where I'm actually, when I'm cultivating friendships, when I'm making a point not to isolate myself, my marriage is healthier. You know? Date nights are always going to come before not out with friends. I don't care. Like, I mean, this is important to me. But... And it should be. Number one, you know, it's the number one relationship on earth. Number one is God. Number two is our spouse. But, ladies, we got to have friendships. And I'm not talking about you got to go out, you know, with your friends every week. If that's your jam, cool, do it. It's not mine. It's not my thing. But you got to figure out what is, how does this work for me? Like, there's balance in it. You can't say, well, I'm not the friend that goes out every week. So you never hang out with friends. You never text. You never have outside relationships. Figure out how to make it work you know, for your life, for this season. Because real life change happens in relationships. Come on, we have a monthly, now it's, it's like, it's set. You know it, if you're in this church, the ladies not. It's set now. Like, you, you, we're going to have it, whether a few come, one come, many come. It's set, a monthly gathering for ladies to show up. And some of you, you're like, I need to get in community. And you're like, I, I just need friendships. And you, you've never even been to a ladies' night. Come on. Like, it's an easy thing to do. And, and uh, there's no, like, seriously, I do not throw stones. Like, I know life is busy. you got to pick and choose, and that's just fine. But you've got to figure, you got to decide. Like, we we got to prioritize what's important in life. Grow groups. Y'all know. And even if you're not part of this church, I encourage you to find a Bible study. We don't even isolate in just inside our church. Like, if you you just need to get in a community, like, Hey, come to a grow group. It's basically like a Bible study, and we're just trying to gather in community, grow together. That's why we call them grow groups here, because we grow in a relationship with God, and we grow in a relationship with each other. You've got to get in grow groups, like, so you can grow. Let's stop saying no to that and get in a grow group. And even if you don't go to church, I encourage you, get in something with, with your community, with your church body. And then who's ready for the special announcement? I'm so excited and I'm shocked I've actually kept the secret. I am, okay, listen. Listen, my husband knows he has one gift at my house he does not know about. <laughs> I am normally, if I buy it early, I give it to him early. I don't keep it because I just get so excited. So I'm really shocked I haven't like said this to everyone already because I'm just so excited about it. So yeah, I mentioned in the in the things, the videos, whatever. We have a special announcement. Well, you are so in for a treat. 
Because regardless if you go to this church or not, we are starting a new program at the church. And it's called Thrive. Thrive is a mentorship program. And it is where you can sign up to be mentored or to mentor someone or both. Hopefully, eventually, it's both. But you are going to have the opportunity today to sign up for that. And some of you would be like, why would we need that? I have enough going on. Trust me, we have football games today. We're in a grow group. Like, I get it. You have enough going on, right? But there are scriptures upon scriptures. I'm going to share a few with you. But there are scriptures upon scriptures that state why this is important. And the mentorship is about... Here's the reality. Grow groups are huge. We, we, we say we are a church of grow groups for a reason, right? It's where community happens. It's important. But when we get in one-on-one, Beth and I can sit in a group, but when we get in one-on-one, we get to get a little bit more personal. And I'm giving someone permission to speak into my life. We already have some ladies that have agreed to mentor. Warning, I may be coming to you if you don't sign up and the Lord's laid your name on my heart. I'll be like, hey. I'm encouraging you today to sign up for it because I believe that as we do this, we will thrive. This is, it's not complicated. Mentoring is walking alongside someone in life. It's, I got a person that I know I can text when I get that bad news. I got a person when I'm just having a rough day. I got a person that when I'm having a really great, when I got really great news, I have someone I can share it with that you just get permission. Like, I mean, I've had some people I've sat with and said, um, you're, you're wrong. <laughs> and I knew they were right. They gave me a different perspective. And I needed it. And some of you are like, yeah, nobody's telling me I'm wrong. I would encourage you to go to the word because the word, like, if we aren't humble enough to receive, like, correction, don't get me wrong. I don't believe that that's what this mentorship is going to be solely about. You're going to have to give permission to someone to speak to those places. But I literally... I mean, I've told my parents this multiple times, and there are other people in my life that I'm like, please, if you see something in me, say something. Like, don't let me keep going on about life, just doing it in this destructive way if you see something. It's so exciting. Thrive. I encourage you. It's on our church center app. Get signed up to mentor, to be mentored. At least start with being mentored if you don't even feel like, hey, I don't even know what to mentor. You can at least see kind of the dynamic, you know, of it, how simple it is. And I really believe, like, we all need to be mentoring somebody. You should be mentoring somebody. You should be walking along someone. I mean, we can talk about age all we want, but we're all at different spiritual walks. We're all at different, you know, everything. I mean, I'm telling you, I'm like, if, if you don't have someone older in your life speaking into your life, you're missing out. I'm like, the wisdom I get from there, I'm like, oh my goodness, like, you've already raised your kids, you've already, you know, you've already walked this road, you've been married way longer than me, I need you. We need each other of all ages, of all stages. I'm thankful, like, I'm excited about this season that we're stepping into with Thrive Mentorship. It's, it's going to be incredible. It is going to be open to men and women, but I was so excited because I was like, the women get to know about it before the church does because... We're, we're making the plug today. But Titus 2, 4 through 8 tells us, older women, that includes me, I believe this is not just like, hey, you have to be a certain stage to be older, but even those that are older than me, I want to encourage you, you're needed to speak into. But older women, that includes me, I believe, even because I'm still older than some, 
that must train younger women to love their husbands and their children, to live wisely and be pure, to work in their homes and to do good, to be submissive to their husbands. Come on, we're just walking life with someone. We're, we're having a moment where we're saying, I want to be seen, and that's scary. There, I mean, there are people, I'm, I'm not going to lie, some Sundays when I'm just in a really bad mood and I, or I'm really struggling internally and I don't have answers, I'm like, don't look at them in the face. Don't look at them in the face because they're going to see past all of it. You need to be seen. You need someone to remind you, get out of your own way, you know, and it will be done in love, I promise. I don't want to make it sound like some of y'all are like, I'm not signing up for that. I don't even know who will be speaking into me, but I'm, I'm telling you, you need this. I need this. We all need this. Some of you may feel like you have no purpose, but you're needed in so many ways. You're needed. We are going to take a moment to watch a video. But before we do, I want to just read these lyrics of a song. Um, it, it's, um, it's a song actually we'll be playing at the end. But it just says, I will praise within the chaos, and I will shout above the noise. There's a fire deep inside my bones. It's time to let it rise. Nothing can hold us back anymore. We will let the lion roar. We see signs of revival. There's no time to be idle. We will burn with your fire. Let the lion roar. Enough is enough. Let every heart awaken for every generation. Let the lion roar. Let's watch this video. An unpleasant emotion caused by the belief that someone or something is dangerous, likely to cause pain or a threat, fear. Or to simply put it, fear is the belief that God is not with you, you of little faith. You see, the interesting thing about fear is that even though it's like a shadow and accompanies you wherever you go, fear is a choice. Yeah, I said it, fear is a choice. It's a choice between saying yes in the face of opposition when you can't see the rationale or living with the regret of not trying and remaining crippled by the lies you're too busy buying. And without doing the math, we all know what the common choice is. Because we walk around like cats, like we have nine lives, believing we can be brave in the next life, but why are we never brave enough for today? We always say tomorrow and hope by tomorrow fear will be gone, but God tells us tomorrow isn't even promised, and that's where we've all gone wrong. He wants us to be brave today, brave right now. See, the truth is, the voice of fear will always be present in situations where there's an opportunity to be brave. See, even Peter, who walked with the Savior himself, almost said yes to bravery until the waves of fear began to wave at him, and he was no longer sure if Jesus was with him anymore. So he sunk, and fear won you of little faith. See, that's how it works. Bravery is simply an exchange, an exchange of fear for faith. And our faith in Jesus comes with the peace, an inner peace that defies all fears, a peace that confronts, not one that backs up or backs out, but a peace that comes with bravery, bravery to say peace, be still, in the face of insecurities, 
in the face of opposition, in the face of the uncertainties of the deeper places, and saying yes, yes to standing at the shore, embracing yourself for the exceedingly and abundantly more that we ever so often pray for. And when it comes, going head first into the deepest of the unknowns, this is bravery, remembering that fear keeps us stuck, but grace whispers freedom, fear shouts doubt, but grace sings peace, fear talks you are alone, but grace declares my name is Emmanuel, and I am always with you, and in the midst of all those fears, grace chants you are not crippled, you are not weak, you are not fearful, you are not intimidated, you are not nothing, grace chants you on somebody will you stand to your feet I'm just gonna ask them to play play a song if you noticed we talked about rising we talked about obeying we talked about appealing and we talked about relationships and that today spells roar it stands for roar and I pray that a roar will rise within you today there are some of you that you've quit trying something. Some of you have specifically given up on friendships or just never given it a shot to begin with. Some of you in here have just given up on using your gifts because that time it didn't go well and some criticized you. I want to encourage you today to be bold as a lion in your faith. Do not hide behind your fears, your insecurities, your mistakes any longer. If you have already made major blunders in your life and have been living under condemnation because of them, this is the time to forgive yourself and press on. You can be all God has planned for you in Christ. Do not be half of it, three-fourths of it, but be all that God has designed you to be. All he wants you to do and have all that he wants you to have had someone give me a word this last week as they were just praying for the service, praying for their time together. And as they were praying, they thought that today there would be a removal of heaviness for someone in here that you carry in your heart. They saw the barren ones, the ones without a husband, the weary ones that have lived in dry, desolate places, the ones whose sons and daughters are far off. With my eyes said, locked on remember his redemptive love and his promises, the depths of his promises to you who are here. He is here. I'm going to invite some ladies again to pray with you. And maybe today you say, I'm struggling to rise. Then those ladies are going to agree with you to rise. Maybe today you say, I'm struggling to obey or just continue to appeal or to be in relationship. These ladies are going to agree with you in prayer to do that. We're going to take a few minutes before we move on with the day and, and we do our last parts of the day. And I want to encourage you wherever it is, whatever he's speaking to you, even as I've spoken, ladies, if you are on the prayer team, if you could just come down to the front. That wherever it is, whatever he's speaking to you, that you will see he meets you here. And it, there is power when two or more minutes he is there. He wants to be with you. He wants to give you wisdom, insight, understanding. Some of you have been busy seeking for understanding and you're not even seeking me. 
our king. We need our eyes locked on the king. We need these things in our lives. And there is scripture upon scripture to back it up. So I want to encourage you. Let somebody agree with you today. Wherever you find yourself. Dry, in heartache, in, in bitterness, in joy, whatever it is. Father, I thank you for who you are. I thank you that you are meeting us here. And right now I pray even just for courage to come forward to ask someone to agree. Maybe even just for clarity for what's ahead. Those that have been struggling to find their way, Lord, that you're giving clarity to purpose. You're stirring up old dreams and desires to be used by you, that gifts will be used, that fear will not be the driver of their life anymore, but they will use their gifts. They will rise and praise and pray and be in relationships. Father, that we will be obedient daughters of the King, living on fire for you. We thank you, Jesus, for who you are and all that you've done and all you're going to do. In Jesus' name, amen.